end. Okay, I'm just <coughs> telling you that you don't want to miss the end. Hallelujah. Well, if you would open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 5, God, during even intercessory prayer last, this, last evening, he said, I want you to talk about this because the people need to hear this. So we're going to start there in Genesis 5 because I'm going to make sure that gets covered. There's a lot of things in church and uh, in people's walk with God that due to incorrect teaching has put people in bondage and has li greatly limited their faith. Well, we're going to blow the, the lid right off that one, right off the bat, okay? So God's taking the limitations off. You know, in, in Romans, I believe it's 1.11, 1.18, something like that, uh, or 2.11, it says God's not a respecter of people. Now, how many times have you heard that scripture? You know, I think if you've been walking with the Lord any amount of time, you've probably heard preachers say that many times. God's not a respecter of persons. All right, then if he's not a respecter of persons, why do you teach that he is? Why do you turn around and tell the people that God will only use these people to, for this, uh, this area, and then he won't use these people? That, to me, sounds like a respecter of per persons. All right? I see this here, and, and we have a large contingent of women here to break you out of that. God uses women. God uses them women as preachers. All right? They're all women preachers. I don't care what church says that, that a woman can't preach. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It's all throughout the Bible. All right? Let's go here to Genesis chapter 5. And here's where this is. You've probably never even seen this before. Some of you have because I've talked about it before. But it's important from the very beginning. See, God never changed from the very beginning. Man changed. And, there's some things, and it even shows it in the Bible that man changed. And he, he changed some things to make it sound that way. And then, see, the, the preachers went ahead and went ahead and taught things that way so that women would be held back. But I'm telling you, God is raising up women preachers in this, in not only this nation, but in this world. And God's going to use women mightily in these last days. Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. God's going to do it. And he is doing it. I mean, one of the, one of the top, in my opinion, one of the top Bible uh, teachers of, of today is a woman. Pastor Nancy Dufresne. She's, she is the foremost teacher on the Bible and preacher. I mean, if you're, not, if you're not familiar with her ministry, you need to get familiar with it because she's all over the world. She's in Russia. She's out of California. And uh, she's got many books, many things. I mean, you can't listen to her and not be blessed. It's just revelation comes from her. Anyway, here in chapter 5... In verse 1 it says, This is the book of generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Verse 2, Male and female created he them. And he blessed them. And he called their name Adam. So what was the male's name? Adam. What was the, the woman's name? Adam. Where did Eve come from? It didn't come from God. Eve only came, that term Eve came into existence after the fall, and Adam got mad at his wife and blamed her. And so he chose to take her and call her something different. And God said, I didn't call her that, I called her Adam. She's equal. And ever since then, ever since that has happened, religion has taken women and tried to push them back. 
Now, there's places and things for the male and the female, in the, like the marriage. The Bible talks about that. Husbands love your wives, and it says, wives, submit to your husbands, okay? It, do, <laughs> it doesn't, you know, it, it, so it puts a place in order in that. You know, God's not out of doing crazy things, but there's a divine order. But spiritually, women are equal with men. They're not lower, they're side by side because God ordered it that way. He said he, he called their names Adam. All right? So religion has see, inaccurately taught that and, and constantly been trying to say, now women can't preach. Well, if they can't preach, what are they doing teaching your Sunday schools? Right. What are they doing teaching your children? Take them out of there and don't let them teach the kids if they can't preach because they're preaching to your kids. I mean, that's how goofy it is. I mean, spiritually, if you look at these places that, you know, that, that do that and say a woman can't preach, but they'll let them teach the, the kids, well, she's, she's preaching to the kids. You, you, you're sending a confusing message. And what it does is it, put lim, it puts limitations on women and their faith. But see, we're going we're to talk kind of about faith today, but I wanted to get that iron out so that you understood. We're all equal. Don't look at yourself and say, well, you know, I can't be used by God in this particular area because um, that's what's been taught. Well, that's been, if it's been taught that you, God can't use you as, as he uses a male, then that's inaccurate. It's not biblical. All right? But what we're going to talk about today is faith. And it's, it's, it's important that we all have that understanding and revelation about, about faith because we're all equal. Let's... Uh, Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And I want you to see something here. We'll look at a few scriptures and hopefully you'll start to see the importance of faith and really how faith is and how it behaves. Because when you're in faith, you're in a, you're in a different, you have a different attitude. And you're going to be strange to people. People are going to look at you differently. Because well, when you're walking in faith, you're not walking according to the things of the world. And here in, in Hebrews chapter 10, let's look here at uh, 23, verse 23. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Now, that word, hold fast, it, that word hold fast means with all your weight, uh, to press down, and uh, if you want to turn the air conditioning on, you have to turn the AC on. I just had the fan on is all I did. Um, it means to, with all your weight to press down on something, to put all of your, your, your force. It would be like where you're sitting at. If you were to sit in that chair so that nobody could move it, you would sit differently. You're going to press down. And push, push down so that that chair does not move. That's what he's talking about here when he says, let us hold fast to our faith. Now, it, it says a little bit differently here if we go back into Romans. Um, get back there. Romans 1, 18. You'll see the same word here. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And what Paul was talking about in, in Romans here is he said men, uh, uh, 
men were holding the word of truth in unrighteousness. They were holding things against the word of God, saying, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't, you can't preach this, you can't say this. They were doing it in the opposite. They were holding fast to it, trying to prevent believers. Hebrews, we see back here in Hebrews 10, verse 23, let us hold fast. And these were people in the book of Hebrews. I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but there's no, we don't know for sure who wrote it. But just by some of the way it's written, I, you know, I believe it was Paul, but it doesn't really matter who it was. But what, what he's saying here, because it all comes from, from heaven, it all comes from the Father. Let us hold fast, press down, hold on to this, don't let, turn loose. He was talking to people that have, had, had stood in faith for years, some 20 years, that were standing and believing God. So he's, he's encouraging them, hold fast to your profession. Now that word profession means a little, something a little bit different. It means to say the same thing as. As what? As what the word says. So the writer of Hebrews was saying, hold fast to what you have been saying, to your profession. You know, uh, it, it, we talk about uh, speaking the word over situations. Speaking it and speaking that word, you know, continuing to speak the word. By his stripes I'm healed. All right? God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. All right? You know, you know, in that case, if fear is trying to get, get a hold of you, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. All right? You can just keep saying that over and over. But see, if you say it without a revelation from heaven, it's meaningless. If you don't understand and believe what you're saying is actually taking place because you're saying it because the power of God is in you, because the Spirit of God is in you. That's what you're releasing. It's literally the Spirit of God is in you releasing His power. And that power comes by revelation. And that's what the writer here was saying. Hold fast to what you're saying. Don't give up. Don't quit. Hang in there. Because one thing about it, I know, I've seen it happen. I've said many times to people, I've seen people come in here and go. And I've said this thing, very same thing. I'll say to you all. When you got into this church to hear this word, all right, now the devil's going to fight every tooth and nail to get you out of here. He'll come up with everything. And if you succumb to it, he'll move you right on out the door and, 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 and off of the plan of God in your life. Now, does that mean you, you go to hell? No, it doesn't mean you go to hell. It just means you go to heaven a lot faster. And you'll get to heaven with a lot less than what you're supposed to get there with. God's got a place. Places are important. We've seen that in, in Scripture. Places are important. And you're going to see that in faith. Places are important. So he says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. For he that is faithful, that promised. Now, that, that word wavering means don't, don't, go, don't put what you're believing God to bed. Don't give up on it. You've got to hold fast on what you're saying. And you've got to have a revelation on what you're saying. You know, I heard a minister talk about this years ago. He said he was um, uh, staying at a pastor's house. 
because back then, back then, you know, they didn't put him up in hotels, but he, he stayed the night in, 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 their, in their home before he preached in their church. And he said he was, he awoke up early in the morning, like four o'clock in the morning, and he could hear the phone ringing. And he said it just kept ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. And he thought, is somebody going to answer that phone? And he said, I, I started counting, and he said, I got up to about 40 rings. And then I finally decided, he said, I'm going to get up and answer the phone. He said, so I got up and put my robe on, and he said, I walked to the other end of the house where the kitchen was. And he said, there, there in the kitchen was the phone. He picked up the phone. He said, hello. And there was nobody there. And yet he kept hearing the phone ring and ring and ring and ring and ring and ring. And finally he put the phone in and looked over, and he said, there was a, a birdcage with a blanket over it, and he pulled it off, and there was a parrot inside the cage. And the parrot was imitating the phone, and he was ringing. <laughs> there was no phone. There was no phone ringing. It was the parrot imitating the ring. And he said, it's very important because a lot of times, that's where people's faith is at. They're just repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again, but there's nothing real about it. Faith is real. Faith has substance to it. There's a revelation that what you've heard the Father say to you, all right, that you know that when you speak that word, you've got to know that when you speak that word because you've heard from heaven, it's real. I'm not just saying something and over and over again and, and thinking that I'm in faith. I believe it, it's already come to pass. Now, how long do I have to stand? And that's what Paul was saying, or the writer was saying, don't waver, don't quit, don't give up. Hold fast to this. Hold fast to your faith. Be encouraged. He says, at the end he says, without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. See, there's things that God, when God speaks to you, when God speaks to you through his word, sometimes it's just an audible word or he speaks to you in your spirit and he tells you something. You hold fast to that. That's what you hold on to because you've heard from heaven and when heaven speaks to you, it always lines up with his word. God, heaven's not going to tell you to do something that's against the word of God. It will always line up and that's how you know. And that's what you hold on to because when the storms come, oh, they're going to come. The storms are going to come. Notice I said storms, plural. It's not just one. Many storms will come. Why do the storms come? The, the storms come to take away that which was sowed in you from heaven. You know, I, we could talk about the parable of the sower. You know, the, the, the conditions of the, of the ground, of the heart, really is what it is. And those that were on sowed on good ground produced. Why? Because they held on to the word. They grew in it. They, they didn't waver. They didn't move away. Let's go to, um, go to verse here, 32. It says this, But call to remembrance the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. He says, call to remembrance. Remember, think about what happened in, in days gone by when, when you were enlightened all right, and that's what it says here. Call to remembrance 
the former days in which after you were illuminated. And that word illuminated means a great light was shown to you. It would be almost comparable to saying, uh, I, you know, I put it to me this way. And it, it may be different for you, but what I first heard, because I was raised in a, a Christian home, but we didn't, we didn't know the word. And we went to a church that they didn't teach the word at all. It was, just, it was just a spiritual experience, sort of, and it really wasn't much of one, unless you were attached to things that you, you unless you were all visual, then maybe that got you, but it didn't mean me. But years, I guess I was in my 30s when I finally, when I heard this, that God was a healer and he still healed people. He still delivered people. I, that was so foreign to me. I didn't understand that because I'd never heard that. And I remember a, a man of God revealing that to me and telling me, and showing me in the scriptures. And I, and I got me a Bible because I thought, well, I'm not going to believe what he says. I want to see it in the word myself. So I got me a little Bible and I opened up and started looking at some of the scriptures he said. I was like, my gosh, it does say that right here. He's not lying to me. So there was a great light that just, uh, illumination in my life that I went to. And that's, that's what he's talking about here. Call to remembrance when you were first illuminated. All right? Remember those days, what happened. Think about how, how excited you were about the Word and how you, you would just delve into the Word of God. And that's what I did. I started looking up healing scriptures. I said, well, there's got to be more than these. And there was. I started finding more and more and more and more and more. And I just started getting the hunger for the things of God. Next thing you know, I'm reading the Bible. <laughs> and what happened? Because a light went on. Something shown in my life that I hadn't seen, that I didn't even, I didn't even think was real. I mean, I grew up in the days when Catherine Kuhlman was on Channel 9, the public, the public broadcast system. And I remember as a little kid watching her thinking, this lady's goofy. But she was right on. She was right on. Um, and uh, men of God like Rex Humbard and that, I, rem I remember when we, we used to laugh. And then when I got in my teenage years and I went out and partied, and I'd come home at midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning drunk, as could be, and I'd, and I'd, I'd turn on the TV because I wanted something to watch because I still wasn't ready to go to bed. And this guy by the name of Jimmy Swaggart would get on there and he'd start preaching and he'd start crying and then I'd start crying <laughs> because he's crying, I'm crying, and the Spirit of God's dealing with me because my, not, my heart's not right. It wasn't right, but he, he, he kept dealing with me. And so then when I heard the gospel preached, I remember, I remember days I was in a restaurant. I was working as a manager at a Grandy's over on First Avenue years ago. And uh, somebody came in there. And I'm not walking with God at all. They came in there selling these little, they were like tin, pieces of tin with pictures. In, 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 how somehow engraved in there. And they handed me this one. I think I still may have it. And I, I'm pretty sure it did because I remember last year or so looking at it and thinking, wow, that really changed my life. I really remember that moment. And it said on the picture, it had a picture of Jesus on the cross. And the, and the statement was, how much, do I, how much does he love you? He spread out his arms and he died for you. And I remember standing at the counter at Grandy's 
and nobody was around but this person, I just tears start flowing down my cheeks. Because I knew I was like, I'm not right with him. I'm not right. And of course, at that time, I didn't know what to do to get right. I didn't have that word. But see, that's what Paul's talking about, call to remembrance. After you were, you were greatly illuminated, it says that you then endured a great fight of affliction. Because what happens? When an illumination comes, the devil's coming. He's coming for you. He's coming to steal what was put into you away from you. That's why we need to pray for people. We need to pray for, for, for ones that just got saved because we know what's going to happen. That's why you need to continue to pray for Carly, continue to encourage Carly to come because what's happening, this devil's coming because of what was put in her, what she allowed God to put in her. He's coming to take that away. And he'll keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And that's what, that's what the Word is telling us right here. Remember when, what, how, how you perceive things when that great light went on and how remember the, the afflictions that you went on. Then he go, let's drop down here. He says in verse 35, it says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Don't cast away your confidence. Your confidence of what? Of faith. Don't cast that away. Don't, don't take that which you're your profession of faith. Hold fast onto it. Don't cast it away, but keep using it. Keep speaking it. Keep visualizing it. Keep seeing God moving in your life, in your spirit, not in the natural realm, or in the natural realm so much, but see it spiritually. Hold on to what God spoke to you. And don't, don't cast it away, because it has, that's what he was saying here, it has great recompense of reward. There's a great reward that's attached to that if you hold on to it and you don't cast it away. And many times that what's, that's what Christians do is right when the, the, the reward is coming, it's on its way, and that's what the writer was talking about. It's on its way to you. Don't get rid of your confidence now because you give up on it and you'll not receive it. And that's what he was telling the church. To, to hold fast, don't give up because the reward is on its way and Satan wants you to quit and throw in the towel and give up and walk away and you don't get what you've been believing God for. How many times have we seen that happen? I've seen it many times in people's lives. They quit, they get frustrated because why? They stood and 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 finally after a while they just said I'm tired of doing this. I'm going to go do something else. This is not working. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And that's what Paul is saying, or the writer of Hebrews was saying, hold fast onto this. Don't cast away your faith. Because it has a great world. It, it will come. You know, I, there's things over my life that I had to stand. I first got married, and we were in a denominational type church. And uh, the pastor of that church said, he asked people individually, he said, in the congregation, how many people of you in here would stand up if you believed God for at least six months for something? And, okay, the whole, almost the whole congregation stood up. He said, how many of you continue to stand if you believed God for five years? A lot of people sat down. He said, how about ten years? A lot more people sat down. 
How about 15 years? Most everybody was sitting at this point. I'm still standing. He said, how about 20 years? I'm still standing. And it was 20, over 20 years I had to stand and believe God for a godly woman to come in my life. Because I've been through the world. I've seen what the world had to offer. It was not much. I wanted somebody that I could trust and not have to be looking over behind my back all the time. In 20 years, I kept believing God. Now, was there times I wavered? Sure, there's times I wavered in it because I didn't even know about wavering. I didn't even know about that stuff. But I still stood 20 years believing God. Lord, I didn't know there's you got somebody special for me. So see, it's happened with people. And there may be things that right now you're experiencing that you're standing, it may, it may seem like a long time. It may seem like it's 20. I'm telling you, don't give up. Don't give up. Hang in there. Don't cast away because it has great recompense of reward. Let's go on here. Verse 36, he says, For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. See, a lot of people, that's, and that's what I just said, a lot of people, because they don't have patience, they're not really trusting. They don't have, a, and let me put it this way, they don't have a real revelation from heaven. Because once you have a real revelation from heaven, you know, I'm, I'm just standing. I'm standing. I'm standing, I'm believing. I'm believing what the Lord spoke to me, either I, because I read it in the Word or I prayed about it and God, and God reaffirmed me. He said, yes, that is my will for your life. That's, that's all I need to hear. When I've heard from heaven, I'm standing. And that's why, you know, uh, a little over, about two years ago, when they diagnosed me with cancer, I didn't go fretting, worrying about the, how many days I had left. I went right to the Father. And I said, Father, I know that you didn't do this to me. I know it's the devil, and I know it, it's either the devil or me. And I said, I'm willing to say, I've opened the door. I asked for him to show me. He showed me. I repented of it. And he said, in 30 days, this will all be over with. That's it. I don't need to listen to what the doctors say. I'm not listening to them because he told me, in 30 days, this will be gone. I had the operation. You said, well, why did you have the operation? Because he told, I, my focus was on 30 days. It wasn't on what, everything else I had to go through, I, I went through. And there were some things the doctors wanted to do, I wouldn't let them do. Because the Lord had already spoken to me a long time before that not to do that. So that didn't change. My focus was on what the Lord said. In 30 days, it was gone. I got a clean bill of health. No cancer. And it was uh, probably another month or so after that, the, the dermatologist, she came back and she said, they did a report on me and said, you are in the percentile of the least likely for this cancer to ever return. Amen. I said, well, that's good to hear. Praise God. See, but that's why it's so that you hear from heaven. That's what you're standing on is that word. And that's why he said, you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. In other words, if you do the will of God, you, you will receive. If you, if you don't, you won't receive the promise. He says, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come. He'll not tarry. 
He will come. The answer will come. It's, it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass. It doesn't tell you when, but it's coming to pass. Now, sometimes, like I said, the Father will tell me, he told me 30 days. I knew this was going to be over in 30 days. It was. I wasn't counting the days down. It was, when he said that to me, it was over. I didn't count, okay, one day, two, no, 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 no. I'm not focused on that. I'm at peace. And that's what it says in Colossians. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. See, when you're standing in faith, there's a peace of God that's ruling in your heart about the situation. You can stand for 20 years. You can stand for 30 years. You can stand for 40 years. I'm not believing you've got to stand that long, but I'm just saying, you, if, if the peace of God is ruling in your heart when you're in faith, it, you've got peace about that situation. Knowing what God's Word had said. You're not speculating. You're not hoping. Where they hope. Your hope is in the, in the Word of God. It's a promise of God. So he says here, verse 38, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man shall draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. What does that mean, draw back? That means to, to, to come off faith. He's talking about coming away from faith. And God says, I, my soul has no pleasure in him. And the Bible says, without faith it's impossible to please God. Okay, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But, but when we draw back, when we draw back from the area of faith, God's soul has no pleasure in us. What, what does that mean? It means his, fa his faith is not able to do in your life what he wants to do because you draw back. And then he further goes on to say this here, verse 39, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now look at that word perdition. That word perdition really describes, is best described as rottenness. It's a term that we would give to meat that has laid out in the sun on a hot summer's day, day in and day out, and it's so corrupted, maggots are eating it. That's what that word perdition is describing. We are not of those that draw back unto perdition, that our faith is rotted. And it's being eaten up by maggots. We, we don't do that. And that's what he was, he was encouraging these people. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to your confession that you're speaking the same thing that the Word of God says. You've got to hold on to that. Because that's what's going to get you to the other side. You know, it was just like when Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. And what does he say to He says to Jesus, he said, Lord, if that be you... Call me to come unto you. Well, what's Jesus going to say? It's not me. That wasn't the request. The request is, if that's you, Jesus, call me unto you. Uh, Pete, it's me. So what does Pete do? He gets up and he walks on the water. And he's walking on the water. Because what, he had a revelation. If, that, if that's Jesus... And he calls unto me, I can walk over to, get to, to, to see him. And he does, and he's walking. And then what does he do? He takes his focus of his faith, and he starts to notice the waves. My gosh, you can't, you're not supposed to walk on water to begin with, even on a smooth, clear lake. And you're going to let waves affect you? 
But here's the weird thing. It says he began to sink. How do you begin to sink? If I were to go out and step into a pool and I'm not using faith, I'm, I'm not going to begin to sink. I'm sinking. Hey, I'm down. I can't even say I'm beginning because I, would be, I wouldn't even get the B out of my mouth. I'd be at the bottom. But it says he began to sink, meaning that his faith was decreasing and it was causing him to sink. So see, there's a level. There's a level of faith by revelation. And his revelation was, Jesus, if that's you, you call me. I'm coming to you. And see, that's what it said. We are not of those that draw back to perdition. Now let's go on here to chapter 11. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And we look at that literally that word substance it means it means ground or standing and when you look at this in the greek it says this faith is standing by the things hoped for the evidence of things not seen what this is telling you is we've looked at this and taught this that this is what faith is and it's not really describing what faith is. It's describing the behavior of faith. See, this is going to change everything on how you see faith. This is describing the behavior of faith. Faith is standing on ground of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that's what the writer was saying. Don't cast away your confidence. Hold on to your confession of faith. Stand on that ground. Stand on that revelation that you got from the Word, that you got from heaven. You must stand and declare it and believe and understand that it's coming to pass because the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside you and you're releasing that faith because it's not even your faith. It's from, it's from heaven. It's his faith that you are releasing. You don't have your own faith. Your faith is from heaven. You're using the faith, the power of God that's in you. You're releasing it. Alright? And it's describing this is how faith behaves. It stands firmly on ground. Of the things hoped for. What's hope mean? Hope is, hope is not, this is biblical hope, not worldly hope. You, know, you hear people in the world say, well, I hope it comes to pass. They ain't got no faith in that, no more than the man in the moon. Biblical hope means you have already found it in the Word of God. It's a promise that you can say, I'll show you where it's at in the Word of God. If I can show you where it's at in the Word of God, I can have hope for that. I can have hope for that because the Word of God says it's a promise to me. Now I, got, now I got biblical hope. How am I going to turn it into reality? By standing. By using my faith. By standing and having a profession. Declaring this is what's going to be in my life. This is how things are going to be. I'm not going to get Alzheimer's. 
I'm not going to lose my mind. I'm not going to lose my health. I'm not going to fret that when I get older, things are going to get worse. Because you'll hear people in the world, well, you know what happens when you get old? First thing that goes is your mind. That's for you, but not me. That's not my confession. I got all day to stop everybody and correct them because they're saying the wrong thing. Because they're going to think you're nuts. Now, the Lord tells me to, I will, but normally I don't. What you confess is going to come to pass. All right? If you're confessing bad, making bad confessions about people in your life, don't expect them to get better. Well, I don't really mean that, Pastor. You're saying it. And it doesn't matter to me what you're saying. I'm not the one that's dictating what's going to happen in your life. You are. People get all uptight. Well, you can't, there's a spiritual laws you can't change. It doesn't matter whether you believe in them or not. You can be an atheist. The law of life and death and the power of tongue still exists whether you believe it or not. And that's why atheists walk in so much darkness because that's what they believe. They believe everything's dark and when you die, that's it. Well, you know what? I've seen an article here the other day, not changed the subject, but even science came out and said there's life after death. Some scientists came out and said that. There's life after death. Well, we know that. It's in the Bible. Everybody lives. It's just where you're going to live at. So let's go on here now. Verse 2. It says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. By what? The behavior of faith. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Their behavior, they stood on the word of God. They believed it. Yeah, they believed it. Do you know an Orthodox Jew? They take the matzah bread, and when they have when they when they have the celebration of Passover, they take the matzah bread. There's three there's three layers, three pieces. And when they're done with the meal, they take the middle one out. And they go into their room and they put it in a drawer. And every time they need something, if they get, if they get sickness in their body, they go into that drawer and they break off a piece of that bread and eat it. Yeah. They have communion. They don't even know they're having communion. But that's what they're doing. By it, they obtain a good report. Of Father, because they believe that in that, in that middle wafer, there's healing powers in that, in, in that bread. They believe it. Yeah, they do. It was like I heard somebody say one time about a, a, a Jewish man, somebody, a, a Christian went up to a, a Jewish man and said, tell me, why is it or how is it that it seems that all you Jews are rich? What's the secret? He said, well, I'm Jewish. He said, I, I know, I understand that, sir. He said, but I want to know, how is it that all you Jews are rich? And he looked at the man again and he said, I'm Jewish. He said, sir, I know you're Jewish, but I wonder, what's the secret? How do they, all of you are rich? You just all, he said, I am Jewish. And see, what was happening here is the man was trying to separate being a Jew from being wealthy. And the, and the Jew is telling him, you can't separate the two. They go together. 
That's what the devil is trying to do in your life. He's trying to separate you from what the promise of God has already given to you. For by it, for by that behavior, the elders obtain a good report. Through faith, we understand, look here, verse 3, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, we want to break this one here down real quick, too. That word framed, it means solidified. Something that has been built up and, and actually is solidified so that it's not moving. So the worlds were stabilized. But let's talk about the word worlds. You think it means, and it's been taught, that it means the planets. All right, the sun, the moon, the star, all that stuff. We're framed. No, no. That word worlds, it means decades of time. Decades of time. Decades of time were framed by the elders because they had the behavior of faith. They stood and believed and spoke the word and stood on the word and believed and believed and believed and believed and believed and it came to pass. That's why when you look at here and you know Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter and it says by faith. It goes on here and says by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him. By faith Noah being warned of God. And you know what? This has got a lot of imperfect people in there. A lot of imperfect people. Abraham was not perfect. Noah was not perfect. But the one thing Noah did, he believed what God said. It was going to rain. Even though the world had never experienced it. They had never, because at that time, moisture just come up through the ground and watered the plants. They did experience rain, but God said, I'm going to cause it to rain. He's going to flood the earth. I'm getting rid of all these nasty people. I want you to build me a boat. What's a boat? It's something that will float in water. What's the, what's the water? See, so God had to go through all that teaching Noah about all that stuff. And so Noah built this big ark, this, this big boat. And they all get in. And the world's laughing at him. You get in this boat. It's not even rain. There's not even water. There's nothing. All of a sudden, a drop hits the guy right in the head. And then another drop. Then another drop. Then another. Now, now it's starting to pour. Hey, no, it's not the boat. It's too late because God loved to unlock the boat. It says God sealed the ark. It was too late for him. Why? Because they didn't do it by faith. They didn't understand the behavior of faith. But God's saying here that they understood. Look here. But without faith, in verse 6, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, a lot of times we've been taught that without faith, if you don't have any faith, it's impossible to please God. That's not really what this is saying. What this is really saying us, it, to us is <clears throat> outside of your behavior of faith. You know, there's, a there's a behavior of faith has a behavior. And in other words, faith has an address. 
and you get outside of that address, and you stand outside of the address that faith is, you'll not please God. You'll not receive from heaven anything that you believe in. And that's why people can pray, they pray, and they pray, and they pray, and then, you know, things, when bad things happen, all of a sudden everybody's on Facebook asking people to pray. And it doesn't come to pass. And then God gets the blame. No, the reason why it didn't come to pass, hon, is because you got outside of the behavior of faith. You thought God was a genie that you could rub the lamp, you could rub Facebook, and people would start praying, and we would just rain heaven with our prayers, and God say, okay, I've had enough of this, just give them what they want. That is not even like God. He's a loving God. You don't have to beat the doors of heaven down to get something from heaven. He's freely given it to you already. All you've got to do is understand how heaven operates. Isn't that what Jesus said? Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things. They'll be given unto you. They'll be added to you. He's not withholding anything from you. He wants you to have it, but you've got to know how to take it. And that's what Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. It's not talking about heaven's being attacked. He's talking, you know, he said the same thing about the, the little children. He said, suffer not the little ones to come unto me. In other words, don't stop them from coming unto me. So in that context of the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, it's saying, the kingdom of heaven permits, it encourages violent taking. And the violent take it by force because they're going to stand. And they're going to stand. You have to have what the Lord spoke to me years ago. He said, son, you have, you have what I call bulldog faith. You'll grab a hold of something and you'll hold on and you'll hold on and you'll hold on. And, and, I, and I, see, I did. I mean, you look around and you say, well, we just got a few people. Are you kidding? I remember the days when I had one person I preached to. There was times when my family would go on vacation. I'd show up at church. There's nobody here that I'm preaching because God called me to preach. He said, you have bulldog faith. Well, you know what? When I needed it, it came out or else I wouldn't be here right now. Huh? Without faith? No, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be, I'd be in heaven if I didn't know how to stand. But see, all that God was preparing me for years and years ago. Years and years ago. Everything I was going through, everything He was teaching me. I wasn't in the perfect will of God. But see, I, I was, God will meet you right where you're at. He, was, he had to meet me where I was at. Yeah, I can look back on my life and say, man, wow, what a great life it would really be if I, if I walked with God when I was a teenager or a young, a young kid. But see, I can't go back and change that now. You can only deal with right where you're at right now. And that's what he, he's saying. He says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. Outside of the behavior of faith, you can't get anything from heaven. You can't receive from heaven if you operate outside of the behavior of faith. Faith has an address. It has a behavior. And that's why I said earlier, 
places are important to God. The church doesn't understand this. The church, people in church and congregations just think, well, we can do whatever we want to. God loves us. God's in control. That's a lie from hell, and one day when you get to heaven, Jesus will tell you, there was a lie from hell, and you, and you believe in doctrines of devils. Well, God, you, you, you have power over everything. Yes, he does, but see, just because he does doesn't mean you, you just sit back and, and relax and don't do anything. I mean, if that was true, if he was in full control, everybody would be saved. Because it's his, his will for everybody. He loved the world so much, he gave his son. He loved everybody saved, we'd all be on heaven now. It'd be all over. It's not. Why isn't it? Because you have a lot to say. You have more to say that goes on in your life than heaven does. God is not sitting on the throne with an expiration date on your name. You've got to get that thought out of your head. You like a scripture on that? Yeah, look at Psalm 91. With long life will I satisfy you, and I'll show you my salvation. What's a long life? To you, it may be 60 or 70 years old. To me, it's 120. Now, 120, I'll talk, I'll talk in heaven about whether I'm going to stay or not. And I, when I get there, I'm not going to be decrepit and hardly able to get around. No, 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 I'm going to get around. See, it's all how you view things. You operate in the arena of faith. And things will, cha and things will change in your life. You stand and you'll stand. Hallelujah. Did you all get something today? Amen. Praise God. I hope this encourages you to stand. Don't give up. Don't cast away. Your confidence, you're saying, we're going to take communion here. And then uh, after we do communion, um, don't go because I've got something the Lord wants me to do before we leave. So we're going to partake of communion. You know, when uh, Dwayne Norman was here,